And hello and welcome everyone to the comic multiverse where the worlds of nerd meet. I, of course, am your host, Joel, dragging myself away from Red Dead Redemption 2 for a little <laughs> bit to bring you this show. Matt's already beaten the game and he's still dragging himself away from it. I am. I, I, I'm going through the game again and going through like all like the... Um, I'm playing more as Arthur now back in chapters 2 and 3 where you can actually do like all the stuff in the game and still be able to complete it in full completion so like i just did the the dream catches and i i, I tried the dinosaur bones but apparently you can't complete that until you get to the epilogue yeah, which is really shit <laughs> i found that out too there were some epic hunting things i wanted to make hunting easier because if you get one legendary animal then carcasses don't rot on your horse anymore only to find yeah. out you can't get that till the epilogue and i'm like god damn yeah. it yeah, that kind of sucks, because I kind of want to do all this stuff with Arthur just to see what'll happen. It's true, it's true, I absolutely feel that. I, I just got finished the little island segment there, which is a crazy segment that almost feels like a proof of concept for a completely different game. Mm, it does, doesn't it? To where I'm like, hey, I'll, I'll play Cuban Island uh, Revolutionaries, the GTA game, I'll play that. <laughs> Yeah, it, it kind of felt like they were, they were like, okay, well, this, the latter half of the game, we'll go, we'll set it in South America. Yeah. Uh, but then they're like, no, nah, we'll put it back in a in a more familiar setting. Yeah, I was going to say, Hercule and these Haitian pirates seem cool to me. Can we get, is, is this the back door for a GTA pirate game? <laughs> <laughs> Find out what Hercule and these Haitian pirates were doing <laughs> in, your, in your cowboy game. Yeah. <laughs> But yes, everyone, uh, video games aside, and, and seriously, Matt and I aren't the only one taking so much time to talk about Red Dead. I don't know if you watched South Park this week, Matt, but literally the entire B-plot was one of the cops just really wanting to play Red Dead Redemption 2, but not being able to. I did. I saw like a compilation of all of the all of the parts of it. It was pretty funny. The, the and so, so true as well. It is. The South Park writers do that all the time. You can tell what they would rather be doing than writing an episode in a week. <laughs> and they're like, well, write what you know. This is what we did, so write it in. <laughs> they did that with Guitar Hero. They did that with the Switch. They did that with uh, L.A. Noir. They did that with so many things. <laughs> But yes, everyone, this is a comic book podcast. I know it's hard to tell over the last two weeks because Matt and I and pretty much everyone else has come down with Red Dead Madness. Yeah, I did I did manage to find a break in Red Dead to play Hitman 2. Oh yes, that also came out this week. I didn't play the other one because the mm -hmm. whole episodic nature of it fucked me up. And also it's weird, this is Hitman 2, not to be confused with the other Hitman 2, the original... Yeah. But also, not to be confused with the rebooted Hitman series they did, this is the second reboot Hitman had in as many years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I really enjoyed the game, and the be the best thing as well, like, I, I own the first one, but I think if you buy the second one, you can actually buy the first game, and and it, it plays off the second one's disc. Like, oh. um, you can buy, buy, buy it online and download it, hmm. and when you put the disc in, you can play both of them. That's smart. I'd be interested in that. But yeah, from yeah. What, what I was reading on Twitter, you were saying there, it's basically like uh, it's a return to form for the Hitman series, big sprawling levels that you can tackle in a mm hundred -hmm. different ways. Yeah, it's basically like that first one, the episodic one. It's not episodic. Um, it's still got like the same layout and graphics and controller layout and everything. They haven't really changed much and good on them for not because there was nothing that needed to be changed about that episodic one except the episodic part of it. <laughs> This is this is Square Enix, right? They're the ones that own the rights to Hitman yeah, now. Yeah, but it's oh, what's the company called? It's like it's a weird weird 
company logo. It's like a one zero one logo. I, I, I don't know who, who who they are exactly, but yeah, they, they made a good game. That's good. That's good to hear. I'm happy about it. It's gonna be long time till I'm done Red Dead and ready for something different. <laughs> I, I haven't even played the Spider Man DLC yet, and I was sure I had to rush. I'm like, okay, I gotta finish Spider Man because Red Dead's coming out in a week. Yeah, yeah, Spider-Man, the, that DLC was actually pretty good. Yeah, from what I understand, the Black Cat one, I was really, really excited about that. But uh, yes, everyone, we actually do have comic book news this week, and I think for the first time in a long time, Matt and I are actually going to talk about what we read this week, which feels like forever since we've done that between movies yeah. and games and everything else. Yeah. But uh, yeah, our first story this week to kick things off, uh, the official Disney app has been announced, their big new streaming service, which you should care about because it's where you're going to be getting all your Marvel superhero content from now on, and it's also where you're going to be getting your Disney content if that is what you're so interested in. The app is called, wait for it, wait for it, the Disney Plus app, and I really feel like a jackass because I remember making fun of the DC Universe app, being like, oh, DC Universe, did you guys stay up all night working on this one? This one is equally as unoriginal. <laughs> it's just the trademark name with a plus next to it. <laughs> I mean, I guess you got to keep it short, sweet, and simple because you figure what are the leading ones? You know, Netflix, Hulu, they're all one word. Yeah, yeah, just keep it simple. Something people can just say, like... In a short amount of time, it's easy to write. Amazon Prime, nah, too many, too many words. Amazon Streaming, too much, <laughs> take it back, take it back. Yeah, Amazon Prime Video, no, 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 no. Mm. It's why it's it's why all those uh, different apps you hear of, like CISO and everything, fail, where it's like, mm -mm, nah, nah, they had good content, but the name, dad, didn't roll off the top. <laughs> it, it was unfortunate for them, but check out Verve, all those shows are on Verve now. <laughs> God, it's getting crazy with all these apps now. It's getting like almost, it's getting more expensive than it was to just pay for TV. It is, but the thing is, like, I'd rather pay for these apps than like the, the like cable services we have here in Australia, which just rip you off. It is, and you know, as it is in Australia, is very much the case in Canada, which makes me wonder: Are we going to get the Disney Plus app with everyone else? Because I know we got screwed over on the release of DC Universe, and people are asking them, "Hey, when's that coming out over here?" To which everyone's like, "Yeah, someday." Yeah, I have to wonder that we might mainly because it's Disney. It's bit bigger than you know a dc app um it's and i imagine they they'd ha have quite the angered fans on their hands if they didn't if they did it would behoove them to be sure that this rollout is a little smoother and like a little more omnipresent for everybody yes yeah, so i i definitely be interesting even if it's just like oh it's not going to be released in these things on launch but like in three months it will be or something yeah. which again will probably be australian canada because we're always the last <laughs> to get everything yeah but they, they've got an impressive lineup so far like of, of like not just like their disney stuff but like all the original content we've got like those marvel shows mm -hmm. um the new we've Star got Wars uh, stuff. yeah yeah we, we, which they announced a new one just this week as well they do. the uh Cassie, the guy from uh, Rogue One, is getting his own solo series, which is pretty cool. A prequel to a prequel. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be really interesting to see what they do with that. I, I actually am. Like, normally I would hate that sort of thing. I'm like, God damn it, a prequel to a prequel. We already know his fate. Get a new <laughs> character, damn. But then I'm like, ooh, he was actually one of the, you know, uh, what is it, more murder-happy Star Wars characters we've gotten in a long time. Yeah. Now. 
A, how did he get there? And B, following a show from his eyes is also basically like, hey, this is a rebellion show. This is what the rebellion was doing at this time. Yeah, it, it's also going to be interesting because it sort of ties in with, like, Rebels and everything because it's in that same time period, but as well as, like, the character of Cassian at one point was Fulcrum or was, like, a Fulcrum agent. Yes. So, like, is Ahsoka going to be in the show? Is uh, is K2 going to be in the show? I mean, there's a good chance for it, and it's going to be live action, so it's like, oh, shit, you could see those characters in live action for the first time. Yeah. That'd be pretty sweet, I think. Yeah. But yeah, that's the Disney Plus ev- uh, app, everyone. You know, cautiously optimistic about it. Uh, have they announced a price point for this yet? I feel like they have to have, but I wasn't listening. I don't think so, but I imagine it can't be more than, like, if they want to compete with Netflix, it's got to be, what, like 10 bucks or something? Something or like However that. much Netflix is. Can I get it on my PlayStation? Because that's where I watch all of my stuff now. That's become my big media hub for everything. Yeah, I imagine you'd be able to. Yeah. I will admit, I had a whole fuck-around thing with HBO, and I think HBO Go is terrible in Canada, because it's like, ooh, uh, that new uh, Mike Judge Twisted Tales from the Tour Bus animated music documentary season two came out this week, and I'm like, oh, cool, I want to catch up on and watch that. Okay, so it's on, uh, what is it, uh, uh, whatever weird channel it is in the States, uh, like like Epics or whatever, it's like, oh, well, we don't have that in Canada. Who has the rights to have it over here? Oh, HBO. Okay, so I gotta go to HBO Canada. Oh, but I can't stream from their website unless I sign up. Oh, but I can't sign up unless I have a cable thing. Oh, God <laughs> fucking damn it. I guess I'll wait for it to come out on iTunes then. That's the same here. Like, like say if I, like, want to watch Game of Thrones when it comes out, like, I've got to, like, buy a certain pack of our, like, cable thing. Yep. But, like, but like oh, I only want to watch Game of Thrones. Oh, you can't do that because you've got to buy this pack which has all this other useless mm-hmm. shit that you'll never watch. Never going to watch. Or never use. And it costs an exorbitant amount. It was so bad last season. I know on, on Canadian Twitter, people were all sorts of pissed off. Where they're like, well, I guess you just want us to pirate, huh? I guess our money's no good here. We literally, <laughs> yeah. We literally want to give you money for the thing we want, but you're making it harder than it has to be, friggin' Canadian yeah. HBO. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's absolutely ridiculous. I wonder if there's some sort of thing where they're like, yeah, but the Canadian and Australian dollar aren't as good as the American dollar, so we need to make you pay more as to justify it. Well, it's not even just like make like paying more. It's just like the the like roundabout ways they go about doing it. Like, I just want to watch this show. Oh, but you can't. You need to buy all this other stuff before you can watch this show. The perfect future is you only need one streaming app and it has everything on it, but that will never happen (laughs) because studios can't play along. No, no. I mean, hey, say say what you want for monopolies and everything, but at least in the future (laughs) when three companies own everything, I'll have an app that lets me watch every show, (laughs) damn it. (laughs) Oh, sure, I'll be working in the barren salt mine on Venus at that point (laughs) in the future, but still. Yeah, but my 20 minutes off, I'll be able to watch everything I want. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, sure, there'll be roving murder police, but you know. (laughs) As we live in the Robocop future (laughs) but man you know this new bojack horseman is great (laughs) man bojack horseman makes so many great uh, observations about the oppressive murder police of venus's salt mine future (laughs) (laughs) but yeah you know hey from one mega corporation to another uh remember those uh walmart comics matt that it was a big deal and everyone was really opinionated about them and then no one talked about them forever I do. I I remember seeing them and like 
kind of wanting to get some of them. I don't know, a local comic shop near me, when one of them went to New York Comic Con, got some, oh. but they wanted, like, $50 for oh. them. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I remember talking about them, and they look really cool. That They did. I A fan sent me the first one, the Batman one, where it's like, hey, here's the first issue of Hush, and, like, a Jimmy Palmiotti Batman story, and, like, here's a Bendis Batman story, and I'm like, oh, these are fine. If I was a kid who went to Walmart a lot, I could see this being a nice treat for me, you know, someone who doesn't yeah. have a store around, who doesn't have a ready availability to comics. This is a nice way to do it, and it's cheap, and, again, it gives you something to look forward to, because it's like, hey, here's... If you buy one every month, you'll get all of Hush in here in a paperback and everything. But uh, here's a crazy new thing they're doing. So DC's Walmart 100-page giant superhero holiday special is going to be a big thing. So if you want a big holiday special, this one looking to be led by The Flash, you'll have to pick it up at Walmart. God damn it. I I, I really like these specials that DC have been doing. Why are they making them like something that I cannot possibly review? Well, maybe it'll be a Christmas miracle, Matt. Maybe if you wish hard enough, a fan will send you this one. <laughs> and it will be brought to you. It's it's cool. Yeah, I, I, I like both companies are trying to do more uh, special stuff uh, for the holidays, be it Halloween, be it Valentine's Day, be it Christmas, which, you know, is quickly approaching as much as I hate to say it. It feels like we just got done with mm-hmm. Halloween. Yep. And then we're going to be ready for the holiday clusterfuck. But, uh, yeah, so there's that, everyone. If you're in a Walmart, and if you can find this comic, because I know that was a big deal, too. So many people in their local Walmarts couldn't even find these because they didn't, like, put them front and center. They hid them away. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So there's that, everyone. Uh, speaking of comics and hiding stuff away and brand new rollouts, uh, hey Matt, how about uh, how about that DC Black Label? Yeah, it's been kind of weird so far. Yeah, how about that one issue of DC Black Label where we saw Batman's dong and everyone freaked out, and then they hid it away, <laughs> and now it's been months and we haven't gotten an issue two yet. Yeah. Well, don't worry, because even though uh, DC Black Label has been producing no new content after Dickgate, Dick Mageddon, whatever you want to call it, the the day <laughs> of the dick, uh, that's fine because they're going to be releasing uh, or re-releasing, I should say, Watchmen, uh, The Dark Knight Returns, and All Star Superman, all under the Black Label. So we got lots of old stories for you. I knew they were going to do this. Yep, I knew it. <laughs> you pretty much called it. And yes, here you go. All all their all their favorite stories, all the ones that are never out of circulation, all the ones that have more of an adult tint to it. They're all going to be re-released under Black Label now. Yay, I guess. Yeah, like. Like, for, for fans like us who already own all these stories, like, who cares? <laughs> and even if you're just starting a fan, too, again, these are, like, you know, required reading stories. They're never out of circulation. They're at every no. Barnes & Noble. They're at every Chapters. They're at any half-decent bookstore. You can find them online for a song, especially if you buy them off bookdepository.uk. We have links <laughs> down in the description. If you buy a trade with that, Matt and I get some money to keep the show going. <laughs> I haven't, I haven't pimped those guys out in a bit. I should, actually. It's it's a great deal. It's legitimately the only place I buy my trades anymore. But, yeah. Yeah. It, it just seems so weird. It's like, hey, he's, you know, I, I, I thought DC Black Label was all about, like, new cutting-edge, boundary-pushing content. But it seems all you guys are doing is wallowing around in old shit. It's – what, what I don't understand is didn't they just, like, within the – like, since between the New 52 and Rebirth do something called, like, DC Essentials? 
yeah. which was basically reissues of these and like like famous like Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman stories. Pretty much. And really, it's like, man, if I wanted to buy a copy of Watchmen, I don't care what imprint or what label it's under. I'm just going to yeah. buy a copy of Watchmen. I don't know what changing uh, the imprint line of these books is going to make me do, unless you're trying to trick people into thinking, oh, is this a new Watchmen? Is this a new Dark Knight Returns? That's the thing. Like, uh, are they? is it going to include, like, new content, which I doubt it will, because no. each book has been released probably a billion times. Multiple um, times by now. It, it's not going to be the absolute editions, which no. include everything, so you're not getting anything new, except, oh, wait, no, there's going to be a new logo. That's it. Yeah, you, you, you're, you're getting a new logo. I don't know if they're selling them for cheaper or more expensive. I doubt they char- charge more for them. Yeah, that'd actually be really cool if they actually like did the black labels as like these reissues as like kind of cheaper. Mm. So so be like you can pick them up. So there's like no excuse for people not to pick them up now. That'd be nice, but yeah. So that's that's your black label update, everyone. Be sure to listen back when Matt and I review Batman Damned issue number two, which should be released anytime between <laughs> now and death. <laughs> You're now in the the heat death of the universe. The universe. <laughs> it has to come out one of these days. Well, all the stories that are apparently confirmed for for, for uh, Black Label have to come out. We've got, like, that Superman one from Frank Miller. Isn't Scott Snyder writing one? And Yes. Yeah, there's, I think, a Wonder Woman one, maybe? Yes. Or we, we theorized there was going to be one for a Wonder Woman one? There was a Wonder Woman one. There was, like, a cool, like, encyclopedia of the DC yeah. universe written by, like, a real-life anthropologist or something. Yeah. Yeah. There's a bunch of interesting books they say are going to come out, but I feel like after the dick controversy, maybe they had to go back and cover up some stuff. Yeah, how many dicks are in this Superman one? Oh, there's like five? Oh, okay. (laughs) Frank Miller, oh no, oh no, they found out about the dicks? That's real bad, because in my new Superman story, he fights a monster called the Coctopus. What's what's the Coctopus, Frank? Frank, oh, well, you see this prostitute? I don't want to know. I don't want to know. <laughs> just, 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 just white it all out. Just white it all out. Uh, oh no, the story hinges on this. <laughs> what was his Superman book again? It wasn't Superman Year One, but it was Superman something. Yeah, it was Superman Year One, and like Superman joins the Navy SEALs. <laughs> right, that sounds like something Frank Miller would write. <laughs> <laughs> why oh yeah no no yeah no yeah that's right the reason superman joins the navy seals is because krypton had oceans and he remembers them <laughs> i'm not making this up i am not making this up this was in like some article that i think like john romita jr was talking about it oh, shit. and he said oh yeah they're joining it and superman's joining the navy seals because krypton's oceans <laughs> I, I don't know <laughs> you think aquaman would pop up and be like no no it's the oceans are fine i got them i got these <laughs> and that's where he fights the octopus which of course aquaman summons him like See, this all leads in this all leads into it <laughs> to fight a giant monster made of dicks <laughs> And hey, uh, speaking of books in the Black Label, I talked about All-Star Superman, which is my lazy, weird way of trying to segue into Grant Morrison. We got some Grant Morrison news, everyone. Yay, I like Grant Morrison. So do I. Sometimes he's a little up his own ass, but genuinely he's fun and enjoyable, and I don't think he takes himself as seriously as a lot of other writers do. No. He can have a laugh at himself, unlike Alan Moore or even Mark Millar, who sometimes is like, this is so fucking serious. 
yeah <laughs> everything i do but uh it's a good time to be in the grant morrison business obviously of course uh the green lantern came out this week which we'll talk about in the what we read section but uh uh he's got a lot of stuff going on he's got a lot of pokers in the fire uh happy season two is going to be coming out this december actually happy season one is on uh netflix right now currently and, and it's very good i recommend it it is it's very fun christopher maloney is so great he's like a real yeah. underrated performer that guy he is, he is. And Patton Oswalt was born to play a tiny cartoon horse. <laughs> <laughs> he also does a good job, but uh, yeah, there's you're going to be getting more Grant Morrison properties right here. Uh, apparently Hollywood, he signed a major deal to develop The Invisibles for television, which again, if it's as good as Happy, I think will be in good hands for The Invisible. Yeah, that, that that's really cool. I haven't actually read The Invisibles, I have heard of it though. It's a very personal story to Morrison, actually, because he's basically writing his parents, who were spies for peace, and that's basically what the Invisibles are. That's cool. Yeah, it's very, like, kind of 60s, kind of counterculture-y thing, which, you know, Morrison excels at, and, you know, we're kind of seeing that stuff come back in vogue thanks to stuff like uh, Kingsman and everything. Yeah, yeah. I think it could be cool, and plus, you know, hey, it's some funky outside-the-box ideas. Mm-hmm. Also, I guess Doom Patrol, too, you can kind of say, even though he has nothing to do with the new Doom mm. Patrol show, Morrison obviously was a major uh, creative force behind that thing, and that's getting turned into something now. Yeah, yeah. What I think made Happy good, and what I think, or what I hope will make Invisibles good, is that Morrison is actually being very hands-on with it. Oh, yeah, you can tell he's very hands-on with it. Because the thing about Happy is, like, literally season one, that's the entire six-issue series right there, with more stuff added on. And season two, they basically asked him where it's like, can you write us more, Grant Morrison? He's like, ah, sure, I can write you some more. And he did. Yeah. And the best thing is he's keeping with like, like I think each season is going to be like a different holiday. So I think season two is like Easter. Oh, interesting. I did not know that. Yeah. Whereas season one was like Christmas. That's cool. I like that. I like that everyone's a different holiday theme. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so good on Morrison. If you're a fan, you're going to be taken care of in the next little bit because there's a lot of new shows getting made. Yeah. It's also funny, too. I know we've joked about this before. Where wh wh where does the trail end for superhero TV shows? Because it seems like everything we know has been optioned. Yeah, yeah. It's true, though. It's true. For either a show or a movie, I imagine they were talking to Morrison, and they're like, okay, what What else do you got, you, you wonderful <laughs> Scottish rune magician? You, what the fuck else do you have? We got the thing about the drunken detective and the talking horse. What the fuck else do you have? <laughs> They're, they're like shaking him by his like <laughs> Shug Knight. I know you have more intellectual properties in you, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, well, what's that? A script fell out of his pocket. <laughs> Quick, grab it. Uh, the, the Invisibles, uh, Counterculture, Spies for Peace, Nuclear. Yep, sure, we'll do it. <laughs> We're so goddamn starved for content here. And every network's making stuff. They're making shit to shows left, right, and so Cloak and Dagger got a fucking show. <laughs> which i forgot about i haven't even watched episode one about that i'm like did, did, did that get picked up is that getting a second season i know runaways got I, a second season i i think it's getting a second season i just yeah i forgot about it mainly because it's on like a, a channel that like a i don't have yep and b like i've never heard of <laughs> freeform who the fuck watches freeform i don't know <laughs> and meanwhile poor jason aaron is like hey does anyone want to take another run at scalped no <laughs> yeah i've got a pilot right here <laughs> yeah i got a pilot that didn't go anywhere i'm sure he's just he just tucks it into his beard you'll come back everyone comes <laughs> back 
<laughs> and then what has he got? Cullen Bunn over there, too. And I have Six Gun. It's kind of like his thing, but more fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's that, that guy who's shopping around the uh, Lock and Key show oh. that's been in development since, like, 2008. <laughs> uh, Stephen King's kid. Yeah. <laughs> who he doesn't have his last name, but, yeah, the Lock and Key guy is Stephen King's kid. Yeah. I am shocked Lock and Key didn't get picked up because that seems so television ready. Like shit, that's a, that that that's the next big Netflix series waiting to happen. I am well, shocked Netflix didn't take a run at it. Well, that's the thing. Like, I, I'm sure they. I'm sure I heard that like a pilot was made or something, but like it didn't get picked up. So like, they they they've at least shot some stuff. <laughs> yeah, there's man. I wish I could go through the vaults because again, Six Gun had a pilot that didn't get picked up, and Scalped also had a pilot that never got picked up. I would kill I, to actually watch these pilots. Yeah, I think that's like that. That we should do like a show on that, like like pilots for like failed like comic book shows. There's oh, yeah. there's no there's like going all the way back to like the seventies. There's probably oh, like yeah. shitloads. <laughs> it's only getting longer now. And the shame too is that so much footage for this doesn't exist. We need we need another Fox style big North Korean hacking is what we need. <laughs> or Sony hacking. Yeah, they leak all the pilots. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what we need. That's that's the big thing. Let the pilots flow. Look at all the shows you, know, you could have seen. You know what's gonna happen? That's gonna happen now, and we're gonna get the blame because we talked about it it's not the first time it's happened how many times did we say man they should have the monitor on those cw shows oh shit is happening <laughs> you know what they should do they should have uh what is it these other guys there and oh god it happens <laughs> we have an amazing ability to just bullshit and predict things yeah yeah <laughs> uh, but hey, something we couldn't have predicted. Actually, I'm pretty sure we've talked about this before. Uh, our next story here, uh, Pacific Rim is slated to get its own anime series uh, for Netflix in 2019. Cool. I think that's what it always should have been. For- <laughs> it should have just been that. <laughs> forget making a sequel. Forget making another one. Just make it an anime and let let it be a big, dumb, over-the-top Gundam thing. Set it between the first and second movie and let me actually get to know some of those other pilots. Yeah, well, don't don't set it between the first and second movie. Set it before that, like oh, during yeah, the, yeah. the golden age of the of the Jaegers. That's what we need. But that was still a thing and everything. And Charlie Hunnam can come back and voice his brother, I guess. <laughs> he ain't doing anything. Nah. I'm sure Charlie Hunnam's like, oh my god, you know, it's been so long since Sons of Anarchy. Hey, hey, can I guest on this Mayans show, please? <laughs> I know my character technically died, spoilers, at the end of my show, but can I come back as a ghost? Maybe like a motorcycle riding force ghost, and you can have a whole episode about that. I'm not watching Mayans, is it set after the sons of anarchy okay i'm not gonna spoil it for you there's a thing that happened in the season finale i assumed i watched all season long assuming oh well this has to take place after but there's okay there's a thing that happens there's a character that comes back in the season finale which makes you think oh oh this might actually be a couple years in the past now because the timeline line up well, I'm glad it's now finished because I'm probably going to go back and watch it now. I just uh, I've had too much to watch, so yeah, I kind of fell by the wayside. <laughs> it's it's good. Mayans is good. It's very different from Sons of Anarchy, which I appreciate because I wouldn't have wanted them to just do it over again. But it does suffer from a few fundamental flaws, and I'm sure you'll see them. One, there's too many goddamn characters. They started off with a club size that Sons of Anarchy ended at. Oh God. Yeah. So there's way too many characters. They could easily have fused a bunch of them together. 
Also, the general, uh, what's the word? The general uh, drama level. Again, they started off where Sons of Anarchy ended, where it's like, oh, we've got factions within factions and play, uh, people playing against yeah. each other and secrets and lies and, you know, so many different stories. We're checking in on them. I'm like, what about bikers, though? Can't you just look cool riding your bikes? And everything? <laughs> no, 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 no. no the, 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 the friggin' uh, rebels and CIA conspiracies and everything. I'm like, oh, oh God. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, okay, that's fine. Edward James almost is great in it. Oh, that's cool. He plays the dad in it, and he they basically gave him the Ron Perlman role. Like, this is the meaty role for, like, you know, an older actor. Yeah, wasn't his role, like, recast, like, like three or four times? Like, they shot a pilot with some other actor, or am I thinking of, like, someone else on the show? You're thinking of Ron Perlman from Sons of Anarchy. They reshot him. Oh, okay. Yeah. It, it was supposed to be Scott Glenn originally. Yeah, yeah, I remember hearing that, yeah. And Scott Glenn was supposed to be Bill and Kill Bill until they reshot it, so Scott Glenn's <laughs> career is just him getting reshot in an awesome role. Yeah, yeah, at least he wasn't reshot as Stick. Yeah, and he'll always have Sucker Punch. <laughs> the, the, the great movie, Sucker Punch. <laughs> God, I, he's so fucking good as Stick. <laughs> he's so good, I'm sad he's not there anymore. Like, can he come back as a ghost? We see ghosts all the time, we need ghost Scott Glenn. <laughs> <laughs> they'll have they'll recast him in that <laughs> oh no <laughs> uh, oh but he's ron perlman now okay <laughs> i mean i'm sad to see what scott glenn would bring to the role that i miss but i mean it's fucking ron perlman <laughs> ron perlman who was of course in the uh what is it the uh uh pacific rim movie so there yes you go. we brought it back yeah 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 all tied up <laughs> Actually, hey, can he be in this? Ron Perlman voice act is for everything, so I think we need Hannibal Chow for this anime thing. I, I'd like the show to just be about him. He was such an interesting character. Like, his operations of, like, scavenging dead kaijus is really cool. I'm fine with all of this. Also, what does anime Ron Perlman look like? <laughs> oh, he, he looks, he's big and, like, burly. Uh, and he's got, like, that big jaw he's got. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's got, like, that real, like, you know, uh, My Hero Academia thing going on. Yeah, yeah, he looks like All Might. <laughs> there you go. See, see, I only kind of know what that is. I literally have started the first episode of My Hero Academia, like, five times. I'm like, tonight I'm going to watch it. Then I get a phone call, or then the kettle goes off or something, and I, I never end up watching it. I've started the I, first episode, like, five times. <laughs> I just finished the third season. It's so damn good. That's good. It's so damn good. That's good. I, I, well, well, you know, here's the thing. This, this is what I always do with anime. I'll watch it after no one cares. I'll watch it when everyone's on <laughs> to the next thing. That's what I did with Attack on Titan, where it's like, hey, how about them tests? Joel, we don't fucking care anymore. We've all moved on. <laughs> I just watched it. <laughs> or i'll come in every so often and be like yo how about that helsing ultimate wasn't that shit off the chain it's like joe what old man anime are you watching from whenever ago yeah hey i waited till it finished it took 10 years to finish but it did it, it took, finished it took 10 years to dub it hey man it took those guys 10 years to dub that thing <laughs> i literally grew up with the show <laughs> why, why, why didn't you just watch the japanese version with subs because i like crispin freeman <laughs> I have to hear what Crispin Freeman had to say about it. But Dubs better than subs. I, I sometimes they are, and in that situation, I would say the Helsing Ultimate dub was actually pretty goddamn uh, superior. Because I mean, they had an awesome Alexander Anderson who was really Scottish. It was really good, and I bet that comment got someone really mad in oh, the comments as oh, well. Of course it is. 
because <laughs> we don't normally talk about anime on here, so we've we we've opened a Pandora's box here. We've, we've hit a vein that we were not expecting. Oh God, it's full of anime. <laughs> Quick, plug the leak. It's full. <laughs> oh, time to talk about comics where it's safe. <laughs> But hey, speaking of comics and video games, which we were, this is kind of a kind of a twofer of a story. And you you brought this to my attention, Matt. I didn't even know this was a thing unless you were talking about it. Uh, Player Unknown's Battleground, or PUBG as the kids call it, uh, has settled for a big DC Comics tie-in. Matt, tell me all about their DC Comics tie-in. <laughs> oh, they you look at it and you think, oh, who are they going to tie in with like this this battle royale game? There's so many characters they could choose from. Oh, we've got the Suicide Squad movie Joker and Harley Quinn. <laughs> but why those two characters and why now? Because they they accurately depict the, the, the demographic <laughs> of PUBG. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucked up because it's true. Um, and not only that, but like... Like when I saw that, I'm thinking, "Oh, cool! It's just like a couple of skins." But then, like, like I, I own PUBG and I haven't played it in, since like it first came out, so I don't know what the fuck's going on. But now they've got like loot boxes and all this, all this bullshit and everything. So apparently, you got to pay for these skins. They're not just like something that you can like get from winning matches and stuff. And each skin, by the looks of it, costs twenty five dollars. I'm not sure whether that's American or Australian right. or Canadian, or, but that's that's fucked up. Because the skins look shit. Yeah, <laughs> I skins saw. Look terrible. I saw the skins and I'm like, man, you know, the Thanos skin for Fortnite looked weird, but at least it looked like Thanos. At least it was an actual model. This is just like, I don't know what the fuck this is. <laughs> and I'm not even saying the Thanos and Fortnite thing made much more sense because it's like Fortnite. We're the no. biggest video game in the world right now. Avengers: Infinity War. We're the biggest movie in the world right now. We don't need each other yet. We're gonna work together though. <laughs> So so fucking weird. I I have never played Player Unknown's Battleground mainly because it's a PC thing, and I am a console pleb. I freely admit it. <laughs> and now that I have uh, Call of Duty Black Ops Four Blackout mode, I will never need to play PUBG because it's basically just a better version of PUBG. Yeah, no, PUBG is a buggy fucking mess at the moment. It's still an early access game, even though they say that it's out. It's still early access. <laughs> That's okay, that won't stop Microsoft at E3 to be like, you can now play PUBG on your Xbox and also snow. <laughs> yeah, and on your phone. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to do that. No. <laughs> I, I have no interest in any of these things. <laughs> but hey, you know, we're, we're not done just yet. From the world of video games and comics to the world of comics and podcasts. No, not this podcast, scripted podcast. This show isn't scripted that you know of. <laughs> Every week I write up lines and send them to Matt. I've actually, he, he, he doesn't actually know what he's doing. I've hired him. We've been doing this for years and no one has known this. <laughs> but yes, uh, Marvel has scripted Wolverine's podcast, the second season. It's going to be called Wolverine The Lost Trail. I don't know if uh, Benjamin Percy is writing this. I know he wrote season one and I kept meaning to listen to it just because I like Benjamin Percy and I wanted to support him. And I supported comic books moving to different types of mediums. Mm -hmm. I I haven't heard the first uh, season, but wasn't they when they turning it into a comic or something? Yes, they were. They were talking about that. Yeah. It's like, hey, it's going to be a comic. And I'm like, ah, so what it should always have been. <laughs> yeah. So when I heard this news about a second season, I'm like, wait, you, you turned it into a comic, but now it's been turned back into a, a podcast. It's so what? 
<laughs> you see, we have the first season getting turned into a comic, so people will catch up on the story, so then they'll listen to season two. <laughs> or they'll just say, oh, I'm going to wait for the po- for the comic. Yeah, I, I, I know the guy who voices uh, Wolverine in that. It's uh, the guy who plays Thorin in The Hobbit. Yeah, it's the same guy who plays... Um... Uh, one of the characters in the Castlevania anime. Oh, yeah. I watched, uh, what is it, the, a little bit of that, but never kept up with it. It's pretty good. Yeah, that's what I understood. I understood. It sounded, sounds like something I would like. It sounded like perfect viewing for Halloween. Oh, yeah. It's like totally like Helsing. Mm-hmm. I know they had like a really weird release schedule with that. It's like, here's the first eight episodes. We're not really done season one yet. Come back in a year. Yeah. Netflix does that sometimes. They did that with the Dragon Prince, where it's like, here's the first eight episodes. Are you done yet? <laughs> Not even close, but wait a year. <laughs> Which, I wonder if that's Netflix being like, well, we gotta test the water because animation's expensive, or if it's them being like, just give us what you have now. I know you're not done yet, but eight episodes is enough yeah. for a rollout. We need something for this date. Yeah, we need and you're something. And you're, like, the closest to finishing. And you're the one. Actually, speaking of Netflix and animation, did you see they actually had a really big announcement, Netflix, that they are starting, like, a official, full-on animation arm of their development now? Yeah, well, that's where that, uh... I think that Pacific Rim show kind of shot out from, like, that it's coming out of that. I think they're doing, like, an altered carbon anime. Yes. Um... They'd, and they've announced like a bunch of different like films, like anime films and everything, which is pretty cool. They've also picked up a ton of like really strong animation talent and basically told them, hey, go nuts, do whatever you want. They got uh, mm-hmm. the Gravity Falls guy, the Book of Life guy, uh, a, a bunch of people who are like, oh, I like that. Show. Oh, the Powerpuff Girls guy, Craig McCracken, he's making his new show for Netflix. Yeah. And uh, I think it's all being overseen, like, the president of this new initiative is, like, the dude who directed Little Mermaid back in the 90s. Yeah. So, like, straight-up animation royalty that they're throwing Netflix money at and being like, do whatever you want. Mm Mm-hmm. Which, God, I wish I had that much power and pull to be like, hey, grab a bunch of interesting creators who I respect, put them together in a room, throw a bunch of money at them and say, create, create. (laughs) Because I will say, probably some of the best, most interesting animated shows over, like, the last five to six years has come out of Netflix. Yeah, they've done some pretty interesting stuff. I mean, just BoJack Horseman on its own is just like, holy shit, this is a show that would not exist on television. This would have been shot Mm -hmm. down at every studio, being like, this is too weird, this is too out there, this is too reflective, this is too many things, this is too depressing for an animated comedy. (laughs) No, we're not going to do it. And I like the idea that Netflix is like, no, keep making more shows like this that wouldn't be made at any other network. (laughs) Hell, even Big Mouth, uh, which, you know, I was not crazy about season one, but goddamn does season two find its voice and I can see why it exists. Yeah. But yeah, so there's a there's your little news catch up, everyone. I hope you enjoyed it. And from there, we can actually do what we haven't done and what it feels like forever. We can talk about what we read this week. And it was a fairly stacked week. Yeah, it was. It was. Where would you like to start, Matt? Uh, let's start with our favorite segment of the week, shitting on J- Tom King. <laughs> oh, boy. You know, this this segment isn't as passionate as it used to be because it's hard to find new and interesting ways <laughs> to talk about how i don't care for his work and how it confuses me and bedevils me every time but here we are batman number 58 
Yeah, well, well, let's talk about Batman 58 as well as, like, Heroes in Crisis. We didn't get a chance to talk about that. No, no, we didn't. <laughs> and and they, they do make a rich tapestry, do they not? Oh, do they ever. Um, yeah, so Batman uh, 58 is a Penguin story. Yes. Uh, Penguin is-, is tasked with Bane to, ki- like, kill Alfred. <laughs> yes, because apparently Penguin was in on Bane and this whole scheme to ruin Batman's life by messing up his wedding. And assumedly shooting Dick in the head, too. I, we can only assume it was Bane who did that, even though Batman never figured that out. He actively chose no. not to figure that out. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't give a fuck about the, that. The um, answer was right in front of him, and he's like, nah. Yeah, he's like, nah, I won't save you. You can die in the snow. And, and, it, and this is so indicative of Tom King's work, because it's like, ooh, ooh, Penguin's going to be the main villain of this story arc? Awesome. He hasn't been a main villain in so long. I really like this. Only just quickly snatch that away to being like, I don't know shit about Penguin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and be like, oh, he's not really the main, he's, he's a hired thug, basically. Yes, he is a hired thug who goes to Arkham. That pissed me off. Where it's like, And then Penguin goes to Arkham. Penguin doesn't go to Arkham. He's one of the few Batman villains who isn't insane. He should go to Blackgate. Yeah. Well, see, I took that as him going to Arkham just to meet Bane, but they could have done a better job of like framing that as in like mm. oh i've got to go see the boss and so he so he beats up batman so he like goes and tries to have a fight with batman batman beats him up throws him in and he gets like taken to arkham for some reason it's, it's the um, fact that he doesn't act crazy or that they don't put any yeah. extra work they just treat it like yeah. it's a normal thing even though any comic fan would know that's an abnormal thing yeah again tom king didn't know fucking shit <laughs> tom king i have a story to tell no, I don't care how we get there. Yeah, I'm just gonna... But even then, I have half a story to tell. Uh, one third of a story to tell. Yeah, one third, because the rest is literally just him telling a poem word for word to him. Like, does does he get paid for that? Because if I was a comic writer and I could just reprint poems every week, I would just do that, especially if I got paid by the word. Yeah, and... Yeah, so Penguin is tasked because Bane somehow orchestrated Batman beating up Mr. Freeze? Yes, they, they go back to this, which is yet another plot that Batman actively chose not to follow up on and not to solve, where it's like, okay, I guess Mr. Freeze didn't kill those people, so are you gonna go after the real killer, Batman? Nah. Nah, uh, not important. I'm, I'm gonna feel depressed about my wedding breaking up for a little bit, and then I'm gonna kill uh, KG Beast for a couple issues, and then uh, just figure itself out. <laughs> yeah. Which, I, which, the fact that Bane blames Penguin for that plan breaking down, I'm like, how was any of that Penguin's fault? He wasn't even kind of yeah. involved that we know of. Yeah, yeah, if, if he was, it wasn't explained properly. No, no, it's like, how was that his fault? Also, why is Flashpoint Batman still standing next to Bane? That's another thing. I had people have a comments, I'm like, wait, why the fuck, who the fuck is that in that costume? What the fuck is going on? Hey, Flashpoint Batman, wasn't your universe destroyed? Yeah, weren't you like kind of like proud of your son and like told him not to like become Batman? Are we ever gonna see any of that? No. Oh, okay then. He's a villain now. Hey, he's got he's got at least forty more issues, Tom King, in him to answer oh. all those questions. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But yeah, so we he goes after Alfred and he he like. He, he, like, goes to assassinate Alfred in the most convoluted fucking roundabout way. Instead of... Boy, so, so, like, so he has a bird, or, like, a bird flies into the 
Wayne Manor well, and well, well, Alfred chucked it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah a, he wanders onto the ground and just throws a bird through the window. <laughs> it scuttles away. Yeah. Um, so he th- and Alfred goes to investigate, mm. and only the, and, and like a sniper and a chopper takes aim at him, and which Alfred is not able to hear the fact that there is a fucking chopper <laughs> outside, <laughs> even though Alfred is like a secret agent in like his origin, like he's been in the army, he should be. Yeah. Able to, he'd be like, mm, that's a Black Hawk helicopter out in the distance. Yeah, I should stay inside. <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah, so like he, so like Penguin's whole plan was betting on Alfred going investigating this bird that flew into the window. <laughs> his whole plan was hinging on that. Hinged on. Although, as we find out, he didn't really want to do it. He was this. This was another security scheme within a scheme to try and get Batman to <laughs> him, so he could show Batman that he actively chose not to kill Alfred. But if he was only gonna actively not kill Alfred anyway, then why did he go through all the problems of setting up? alfred to be killed yeah i i came up with a like a much better scenario on twitter in like 10 minutes as well and that was like so penguin is tasked with like punishing bruce wayne and mm. do that he's got to get alfred so penguin hires kg beast mm. kg beast like sort of does everything and like breaks into the manor and like he obviously doesn't know like bruce wayne is batman so like alfred's like actually fighting kg beast because he's you know a spy and a badass and everything while batman has to deal with penguin and everything and that way you get rid of the whole fucking nightwing shit uh being shot in the head and becoming an edgy boy um nightwing needs to be darker and edgier dan dio says so (laughs) not only that you get rid of that shitty kg beast arc and incorporate it into this that took me like 10 minutes to think of and like did tom king never think of any of this he's a professional writer it's his job to think about this also by right should kg beast also not be punished for failing to kill nightwing unless the plan was only to wound nightwing and to not kill him in which case kg beast did exactly what he was supposed to do (laughs) yeah even then that's not clear either like but he should have killed nightwing because bane wants alfred dead Yes, to punish Bruce Wayne, which obviously Bane knows Bruce and Batman are the same person, which they weren't 100% clear if Penguin knew Bruce and Batman were the same person. Even yeah. Though it kind of makes it seem like he knows. <laughs> Jesus Christ, this issue is just going to get worse from oh. here. Because as I said in my review, it's like, oh, this is a decent, like it, it set up stuff, mm. but none of this is going to get paid off. But, but Matt, <laughs> by far, we're missing the biggest elephant in the room on this one, and that is Penny. Penny Cobblepot. Oh, yeah, they just, like, kill her off and, like, oh, how'd she die? Oh, reasons. In the span of one issue, Tom King invents a brand new character called Penny Cobblepot, which was Penguin's secret wife, who he loved very much, who we never saw. We never see. Never saw or never heard of until this very moment. Killed her off-panel and then had (laughs) Penguin mope about it and this being the major driving force for why he wants to work with Batman and turn against Bane. I think... To give credit to someone in my comment section, and I'm sorry if I forgot your name, they they said something to the effect of like, wow, this is this is almost like an inverse of a woman in refrigerators problem where it's like, oh, we need to brutalize a woman to push a male character forward. Can you blame him, though, if he invents a female character we've never seen before and then brutalizes her off panel? <laughs> 
<laughs> Jesus fucking Christ! Why again? Where it's like, how how did an editor not catch that and be like, no, you can't you can't say Penguin had a secret wife that no one knew about. You can't yeah. just invent a character and then kill off a character. I can do anything. I'm Tom King. <laughs> Yeah, I, again, that's that's what I'm putting it down to. Everyone's, oh, he's superstar writer Tom King. You know, he's writing Batman. He can do whatever he wants. We won't check any of this. And it's obvious the editors don't check any of this. It's just basic drama. How am I supposed to care about the plight of a woman who I've never met, who you just created, and just killed off to just make the penguin sad? Yeah, well, we don't know what she's like. She could have been like, like the worst woman ever and penguins just saying that because he loved her and everything you know she could have been terrible another recurring (laughs) i don't care another recurring theme i'm noticing in all of tom king's work women will make you unhappy (laughs) yeah they'll break up with you they'll die women will make you unhappy signed tom king To which, he's, to which he's married, so I wonder what his wife feels about this. In fact, Vision, another story about how women will make you unhappy. Yeah, uh, yeah. Apparently that book is, like, dedicated to her, so I wonder how she feels about Oh, jeez. <laughs> I'm like, I, 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 I don't know if you saw what happened to the wife in Vision, but it did not go well for her. <laughs> actually, apparently Mr. Miracle ends this week, too, which means I will actually finish Mr. Miracle. Yeah, yeah, the like only good thing Tom King has written so far, mm-hmm. like next to Vision. <laughs> yeah, well, and uh, the parts that he wrote of Grayson, I'm sure too. Although that was him and Tim Seeley. Yeah, it was probably more Tim Seeley than Tom King. Which again, I think he, <laughs> need, a... I think he needs a Seeley in his life. I think Tom King. Is yeah, like, I have an idea, and then he needs a person like, okay, Tom, that's a good idea. I will help you get there. Yeah. Using continuity. Yeah, you need someone there with the spray bottle, the Frank Miller spray bottle, you uh, know? <laughs> oh, man, man. When we get the Comic Multiverse merch store, we need to have the Miller bottle. We need to make that so people can buy them. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, no, let's talk about Heroes in Crisis issue two and sure. what a clusterfuck of an issue this was. <laughs> yeah, boy, was it. I'll, I'll let you take the lead on this one because I it was only last week and I already forget a bunch of it. Uh, yeah, so I'm going to try my best because I forget a bunch of it as well. Um... <laughs> So, yeah, Booster and Harley Quinn both think each other killed the other heroes. So instead of doing the logical thing and turning themselves in to try and sort everything out, Mm -hmm. both of them go on the run. Even though Uh, both of them are heroes or anti-heroes and should have no problem turning themselves in, but they do. But for reasons, uh, Skeets is there suddenly. Yes. Um, Even though he was a villain. Yeah, with future medicine that he can use to healing rays. Yeah, he can cure near death from Booster Gold. So it's nice to know death isn't a problem. To think if Skeets had shown up at that house on time when all those heroes were there, he could have saved them with future (laughs) medicine. You see you see the problem, Tom King, with inventing a character who has future medicine that can save people from death? (laughs) Fuck this book so much. (laughs) But but hey, uh, Harley gets her old costume back. Does not explain why she started wearing her old costume again, but I don't care. It's a thing I remember. (laughs) Yeah, um... Uh, Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman do like like a uh, autopsy on Commander Steel and find Joker teeth in them. Uh, Superman and Wonder Woman kind of act out a character and and like like kind of violently like accuse Bruce of of like you you did this you you hid the data away you you're spying on everyone and like I get like they would think that but like the way they went about talking about it was. 
you know, kind of weird. Well, I, I uh, see again. I think that's Tom King talking to Batman directly. It's like, ah, you fuck. You recorded everyone's uh, therapy <laughs> yeah. sessions. You fuck. I hate you so much. Yeah. Um. Uh. What else? Uh. The Trinity go and fight Harley Quinn, who somehow picks them all apart. So, so, uh. Very much defeats them single handedly. Yes, somehow. <laughs> somehow. Here's here's the thing that gets me. Here's here's the stupid line that got me. Where uh, what is it? You know, she's she's got Wonder Woman by the lasso of truth, and it's like you know, oh Superman, can't you get in there? Oh no, you know he she, she'll break her neck by the time you know uh, he breaks the lasso. <laughs> the lasso is unbreakable. Everyone knows the lasso is unbreakable. If you read the Wikipedia page for the lasso of truth, you'll know it's unbreakable. Tom King didn't know the well, lasso was unbreakable. It, it can be broken, but in breaking it, it actually breaks the person who breaks it. Like, it breaks their mind. Um, yes. Because uh, they do it in Red Sun and Wonder Woman goes schizo after breaking it. Um, but that's like an alternate universe. That's there. true, so that's, yeah. It's, the, the, like, that was a thing for the story. In the main universe, as far as yeah. we know, and the Trinity should know this, the lasso of truth is unbreakable. Not only that, Superman's speed rivals Flash's. <laughs> he he's getting to her before she even moves <laughs> harley's too good matt she's like catwoman one punching out all those flashes she's i get too, too oh good. my god that and, and that's the thing these there's like no excuse to say that is mind control the heroes aren't under like poison ivy's mind control so they're not slower or anything they're the trinity they should then like she said don't they say that like harley quinn's better like martial arts than batman i'm like fuck off <laughs> It's fuck like, off it's like hey tom king that's fine we know that there's like conveniences of story for it to work harley needed to escape the trinity but write a reason why where she's like oh i had experimental joker gas all around for just this scenario or oh i did something for something <laughs> yeah do do something and again why is she trying to escape if she's trying to prove her innocence <laughs> it makes her you don't you don't take take batman hostage and 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 put kryptonite on superman and kick wonder woman if you try to prove your innocence it, at least she has the excuse of oh i'm crazy i'm wacky wackity schmackity do harley is she know. though is she crazy though mm. it, it wasn't yeah that's the thing they go back and forth on it <laughs> she i'll tell you what, she is crazier in this book than she has been in any of the other books she is actually quite lucid insane in suicide squad and in her own series <laughs> here they've kind of dialed the clock back on her because again tom king i didn't read those other books yeah yeah i'm gonna write the harley i think i know booster boosters is even more hilarious his reason for why he doesn't turn himself in his reason is okay i would turn myself in but what would batman do in this situation oh he'd go on the <laughs> run and try and prove himself uh not guilty by solving the crime and i'm like oh another subtle fuck you to batman <laughs> yeah oh jesus christ oh oh and th that's another thing oh apparently poison ivy died off screen yeah <laughs> off page Which, <laughs> she was a dollar casualty okay, okay well let's talk about this because i actually talked about this with other people on twitter seemingly she was at the hospital which imply which would imply that she's dead but we did not see her body in the pile of bodies no I would hate that if they killed her off screen because that's some bullshit because that means Tom King turned her back into a villain undid years worth of character growth only to turn her evil again and then kill her off in another story. God damn. And they still haven't explained which Green Lantern died either. <laughs> I, th I thought it was Baz. I don't think it was. 
Was it? I think it might have been Baz because we haven't heard or seen Baz mentioned outside like Justice League Odyssey. Oh shit! <laughs> well, again, why isn't his ring like <laughs> go after the fucking ring? <laughs> Yeah, exactly, because don't rings record everything all the yes, time? Yes, they're, they're basically a police body cam. Yeah, which again, the Trinity would know that, but this is Tom King's Trinity who don't know anything. Yeah, and and then, like, uh, all this fuckery aside, then we get, like, something where, like, Lois Lane, uh, who talks in such weird fucking sense, like, did, did he, like, like, uh, go to Bendis and like how do I write Lois Lane in like the most retarded way possible here you go we'll make her look like she doesn't know how to spell even though that's a thing but she does know how to spell properly and it's used as a joke but it's not here yeah. <laughs> that, that's also weird too where it's like okay so at what point in the future does this story take place because Lois is working at the paper again even though that week in Superman she had a whole big story about how she's not <laughs> yeah. coming back to the paper anytime soon because fuck the paper I'm working on my book yeah and, and apparently she gets sent like video files of like all these heroes um admitting their true identities and admitting yeah yeah and just like talking about like wonder woman talks about weird themiscurian lesbian sadomasochist shit oh, uh, oh, in oh, like oh, her I, little thing oh i was very much into that now let's look, look, <laughs> let's not shit on that in the costume change that stuff was fine <laughs> <laughs> what we can shit on though is tom king's interpretation of superman and oh that, fuck this oh fuck this so hard <laughs> his interpretation of superman is basically hey i saw that scene in kill bill volume two where bill goes on about superman i'm just gonna write that you, you know bill's the bad guy in that movie right and he's a confirmed psychopath who shot a pregnant woman and that's his view of the ultimate good guy superhero so of course it's fucked up and wrong because he's this is fucked the, up and wrong. This is the second time he fucked over Superman in that same week. Because he did it in that short story he wrote in that in the Batman Secret Files, where Batman oh. it, it, Superman is basically like tempting tempting Batman with, with like a kryptonite that'll yeah. It's like come on, just just touch it, just touch oh, it a little, oh, fondle right. it a little bit. <laughs> let's let's talk about the platinum kryptonite stupidity here. <laughs> okay, so it's kryptonite that if you touch it, it gives you all the power of Superman. Yeah, so Superman <laughs> found it in the Phantom Zone. Yeah. <laughs> why are there pieces of kryptonite in the phantom zone is not the whole point of the phantom zone to keep krypton safe from the criminals why would exploded pieces go there also by touching it do you get all the weaknesses of superman too meaning that you need earth's yellow sunlight to do it because there is no earth's yellow sunlight in the phantom zone so how <laughs> do you know that the platinum kryptonite gives you all the powers of superman <laughs> reasons <laughs> Again, Tom King, I had an idea. No, I don't care how we get there. <laughs> well, I don't care if we finish it either. <laughs> yeah, I have an idea. Uh, yeah, no, no. So back to the Superman part in, at the end of Heroes in Crisis where, it, oh, God, I, I can't, it's so frustrating. This, this, I, I, I can feel you the, pulling your hair out when I read that. Oh, my, oh my God. It's so, so fucking frustrating with him. He's, like, talking about, like, oh, it's clark kent and superman is superman clark kent doing good or is clark kent superman doing bad and all this sort of stuff and it's like do we do i need both of them and he and he, he thinks of himself as like the perfect hero or something i i barely remember reading like what it, the exact dialogue is but like it's so on superman mm. and again like you said like he watched that kill bill scene and it's like, I like this. This is going in my book. This is going in my... Even though to really like that bit, 
is to not understand the person who's saying it. Everyone gets so caught up in that speech from Bill at the end to kill Bill, they don't understand that it's him saying it. Yeah, I do commend Clay Man. He did something really cool because uh, when I posted this and my initial thoughts about how crap it was, I had people say, well, this is Clark Kent talking. I'm like, actually, it's Superman. And you can tell because Clay Man does something really cool with the art where when he's talking as Clark, his shoulders are like slumped mm. and like there's ruffles in his suit. But when he starts talking as Superman, his shoulders straighten up. He gets taller. The glasses come off. And like that, that's he's talking as Superman. He's not talking as Clark Kent. So why is he talking like this? Yeah, you, you hear the voice change in the art. It's real, real fucking mm-hmm. good stuff, man. Clay Clayman is earning that. Uh, what is it? That friggin' check on that series. How, how does Tonkin keep getting these superstar artists to draw his books? I I think they all want to draw Batman. They don't care who's writing it. That's true, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that's what it is, and I'm sure the editorial, they're like, no, no, it's okay. If we just put the best artists on these books, people will trick themselves into thinking they're actually deep and interesting. I, I guarantee that's probably what it is. <laughs> and again, because I feel I always need to preface this in case Tom King might be listening or someone passes along a snippet to him because this often happens to me. <laughs> I do not think Tom King is a bad writer. I do not think he is a hack writer. I think he has a lot of problems. I hope he gets better. I think his vision and Mr. Miracle are better because they're shorter and more focused and not have so much continuity baggage around them or at least not have the kind of fan base who won't be going over it with a fine-toothed comb as we do yeah well and as as well like maybe write a character you don't clearly hate <laughs> or, or at least have very very strong feelings about yeah or, or at least if you're gonna do it like just wear that as like a badge of pride and say like i hate this character i'm going to do something different with it and 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 try something different which you wouldn't be the first writer who did that there are many great runs from people who are like yeah i never cared for this character this was my big reinvention deconstruction of the character that happens all the time yeah yeah it's and it often has really great results i would not call this a great result so far but we got (laughs) no we got you for another 40 issues apparently yeah, and another seven issues of goddamn Heroes in Crisis. <laughs> you know what? Next time there's no news, we should fan cast like, okay, who's who's our writer and art team for a future Batman book? You know, once King is done, who do we think could do a good job? I I, I just want him because Tomasi's taking over on Detective. I just want him to be like like him do really well, which I imagine he will oh, do. Yeah. He'll do like Superman level stuff with that, uh, and then just be like, well, fuck it, let's put him on both of those books. <laughs> Give them both, feed them into each other. Uh I don't know what his contract is currently. I think Tom Taylor would be a good fit for the Batman. Yeah. Yeah, he wrote a really good story in that Secret Files book with he Detective Chimp. He wrote the best one in that uh, yeah. little collection of stories. I don't know what his contract is, if he's kind of like... Uh, I, th- I think he goes back and forth between both companies. I don't think anyone's uh, locked him down to a full contract yet. No. I know I know. He just recently you got like a big Spider-Man book, like a, uh, an ongoing, That's so true. yeah. And I mean, shit, if he can write Spider-Man, clearly he can write Batman too. Yeah, I, I'd like to see Bendis take a crack. It's, he's more suited for more suited for batman yeah it would be more noir it would be more street level it would be more gangland and punchy yeah he would be a good fit mm-hmm. for that i agree yeah and in fact we've kind of caught caught glimpses of his batman in his superman because he's like no of course i want to write batman 
<laughs> I mean, look, let's let let's get Murdoch papers, but for Batman is all I'm asking. Let's get the golden yeah. but for Batman. You mean you don't have those stories in you? <laughs> you know what I would hate to hear? I would hate for Ben to be like, yeah, I had a ton of great spec scripts for Batman, but I used them all for Daredevil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just changed the words. <laughs> I actually have no stories left because I literally wrote them all for Daredevil. <laughs> <laughs> But actually, you know what? That's a nice bit of segue because uh, another big book uh, I read this week, I don't know if you read it too, but uh, Marvel Knights 20th Anniversary. I did read this. Yeah, kind of kind of unexpected. You know, they call it Marvel Knights 20th Anniversary, but really it's a Daredevil story. It, re- it really is. It really is. And it's it's kind of like a like an Elseworld story a little bit. Yes, because Marvel Knights like, always kind of was. It's like, is it continuity? Yeah. If you like it, it is. Yeah, and yeah, it kind of drops us into this story of, like, Matt Murdock doesn't know who he is, doesn't know who Karen Page is, and no one knows what's going on. Even Frank Castle, who's, like, a cop now, yes, doesn't know who he is, but only does know who he is thanks to Bruce Banner talk- telling him. Yeah, because the Hulk talks to him in his dreams and tells him. Yeah. I, uh, I likened it to, like, They Live. Where it's like, you know, only Matt Murdock <laughs> can see the real world as it is, and everyone else is seeing an elaborate illusion. Even the yeah. thing thinks he's human, but he's not. Yeah, yeah that, that was a really cool part, where, where he bumps into the Fantastic Four, and they're all, like, they're human counterparts. Yeah. But, but Matt can see them as the Fantastic Four. <laughs> and it's a nice little twist on, like, oh, get it, the blind guy is the only one who can see clearly. Everyone else in the world is yeah. blind. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, we, we get a bunch of different characters all trying to piece together their memories, including Bullseye, who looks like his Marvel Knights counterpart. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Again, he looks like how he did in, uh, what is it, in Bendis' Daredevil and around that time and everything. Uh, Kingpin's in the story, too, but to my shock and surprise, Kingpin is actually not the one pulling the strings on this one. He's not the I know, guy. that... That really surprised me. When I read that, I'm like, oh, it's Kingpin. What's Kingpin done to all these heroes? What's he done? And like, oh, no, it's not him. It's fucking Doctor Doom. <laughs> Back in his original costume, which, again, kind of an else world, because, like, Doctor Doom, he's not full villain yet. He's kind of walking a mm-hmm. line in between, and he's got a different costume. Yeah, yeah. Uh, again, it could be set in the future. It could be. the. That's what's cool about this story and what was always cool about Marvel Knights. When does it take place? Whenever you want it. Yeah takes place whenever you want to it just looks good too yeah it does it's a really nice start uh donny kate's kind of kind of being the golden boy at marvel at the moment he can kind of do no wrong or we'll get we'll get to that uh later in in the show about him doing no wrong because he can do some wrong um yes you and mitch were quite upset about this this week (laughs) yeah but yeah no marvel knights was wow really cool i'm interested to see what's going to happen with uh issue two Mm, and electra Yes, I hope a lot more comes out of this one. Yeah. Most definitely. Uh, what else did we have this week? Oh, I guess we can talk about probably the biggest of the week, and that is The Green Lantern from The Grant Morrison. Yeah, the big Green Lantern book, which I've been eagerly waiting for, and it was damn worth it. Yeah, I I enjoyed it, even though I fully understand that I did not understand a lot of it, because I had not been <laughs> I... keeping up with Green Lantern. <laughs> I enjoyed it because I understand what is happening. <laughs> I know a lot of people were quite upset because obviously Hal's dating a different woman. The Guardians look different. Apparently they've, you know, changed a lot around from where it all ended. 
I, I just think it's mainly because of the art. Like, they look different. Like, Liam Sharp uh, doing sort of his own version of the Guardians and everything. Uh, but aside from him dating e- Eve, who is actually a, a character he has dated before, yes. but she hasn't been seen since the 60s. Yes, <laughs> so this is totally a Grant Morrison pull. <laughs> such a Grant Morrison move, which, again, when people are like, ah, you know, I hate how DC keeps hiring these people who don't respect continuity like Vendis and Tom King. No, 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 no. Morrison is a different beast. He respects continuity too much. He respects <laughs> like much. old continuity from like when most of us weren't even born. Yeah, when he was a kid. <laughs> yeah. So so you can't say the man has no respect about continuity. He probably has more love for continuity than most people. Um yeah, and this picks up after a, a an unnamed amount of time after Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps and Green Lanterns. Uh Hal has been uh, sort of fired from the Green Lantern Corps, I guess, and for insubordination. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, uh, which I'm like, of course he is. He's Hal Jordan. <laughs> I do like him being disaffected and super bored on Earth, just looking up at the sky like, I want to go to space. Earth sucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I kind of wish they did a little bit more with that. I would have liked it too. Uh, but yeah, he, he ends up getting thrown back into the fight as we learn that like these criminals have crash landed on Earth thanks to them being, they've been sort of captured by the green lanterns a really cool green lantern who is partnered with a living virus who's inside of him and uh when he gets his finger cut off by the spider pirate he like the 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 virus keeps the finger alive and like floating around and everything i thought that was pretty cool that's a really nice touch and also too uh when the one lantern coughs oh no sorry that's the virus lantern saying hello (laughs) yeah 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 um they were disrupting like a, a smuggling operation for terrorists and um uh, who were working f- and shipping some unknown cargo, but a cargo that is very deadly since it kills this lantern. Yes, yes. And, it, um, it, it was it was a luck turner. It was a thing that can give you luck yeah. from a casino planet. Yeah, um, and the criminals escape with what they think is a real luck turner, but it isn't. It's it's a fake one, and they were just running on luck, just like sheer pure luck. Just dumb um, luck. <laughs> Yeah, they, they escape to Earth, and Hal happens upon the ship and becomes the Lantern again, which I thought was really cool, as even he says, like, hey, this is this is really familiar. It's a total callback <laughs> to his first issue, first appearance. Like, yeah. hey, my career as a Green Lantern started in a scenario just like this, finding a down ship, and now I found a down ship all over again. Yeah, and, um, yeah, he battles them, and I, I, I like how, like nonchalant he was about battling oh, yeah. them like he knew he knew he could easily take them out so he's like ah oh, crush the robot oh this guy can grow really big i'm just gonna let him grow really big because earth's gravity will do the job for me again he was practically bored and that's fun or it's like yeah oh, space pirates yeah and um yeah he's taken back to new oa which was something that was in uh the green lanterns book which was made in the final issue that i knew um, you told me about it and yeah, he's told that there's a traitor in in the midst of the Green Lantern Corps, and uh, and they they seem to imply that it might be him. Yeah, that there's something going on because obviously the the new villain they're trying to create, or maybe it's an old villain. You can never tell with Grant Morrison, the antimatter lantern, the guy whose face is on the uh, variant cover for this book, looks exactly like Hal. It's a it's an old it's a villain that's appeared before um, in, in Grant Morrison's JLA run because mm, he loves the antimatter shit, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, the the quad stuff, um, and yeah, yeah, the, the controller move, which I think is a controller, even though like most of the controllers were like 
captured or killed mm. during like the Dark Stars run on Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps. So maybe this one isn't like an actual controller. Maybe that's just his name. Yeah, he he wants like the heart of the weapon here for some reason. We don't know what to make an antimatter lantern, I guess, or a new yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah, and that, the the best thing as well is Morrison actually references like Doomsday Clock and the stuff that's going on with that. He's like, oh, someone has rewritten the Book of Oa. And in the middle, you see Dr. Manhattan's symbol. Yeah, which, you know, a lot of people pick. I didn't actually pick that up the first time. I had to hear that from people like you and everyone else. I guess I've gone face blind to watch stuff because <laughs> I'm just like, man, until Doomsday Clock is done and until they explain what's going on, none of it matters. Well, th- that's the thing. Like, I. I I, it kind of caught me off guard because we've, it's been so long since we've had anything within the DC universe that's connected to, everyone like... Everyone else has stopped. Yeah, like, in Rebirth, it was, like, so precedent. Like, everything else, like, oh, what's happening over here is Watchmen stuff. Oh, part of the, the Flash see. Yeah, but, like, now they've sort of, like, petered off as Doom... Uh, ironically, as Doomsday Clock is going on. Which makes um, me think it never actually mattered, the fact that they stopped it so yeah. quickly. Yeah, or... Or, or, or the fact that maybe that was that story was meant to be finished by now. That, um, that's another thing that made me stop and think, like, ooh, ooh, scheduling conflicts. Yeah, so when one of these pop up, I'm like, oh, hey, they actually kind of remembered. But just a little bit. Well, either those, I like to imagine, like, Grant Morrison didn't actually, re- like, think, like, all the Dr. Manhattan stuff was going on. He's like, oh, I just got to put the symbol here. Just, no one's going to know what it means. I, I just got to freak people out. <laughs> you know what? Here's the thing. Ah, you know, we thought it was uh, Dr. Manhattan's symbol, but no, it's actually rune magic. Ah, runes did it. It's all about the runes, man. I'm, I'm wondering if it is a reference to Dr. Manhattan or that character who was the Dr. Manhattan analog in his um, multiversity story. Because oh, they had the same symbol. Yes, they did. Um, I, I got... I got, I got to imagine it's Dr. Manhattan because it's about rewriting the universe and the Book of Oer and that's... But yeah, that, I wouldn't put it past him to do that. <laughs> is, is it weird that I'm actually more excited if it was the Pax Americana version of Dr. Manhattan yeah. than it was just the Atom? Oh, that'd be cool. Cause I really that'd be liked, so cool. Because I really liked the Pax Americana universe because it was taking a... De- it was reconstructing a deconstruction. <laughs> <laughs> Where it's like, look, if Alan Moore was allowed to use these characters that he was supposed to use instead of creating new ones for Watchmen, it would have looked like this. Yeah, yeah. That, that'd be really cool. And such a Grant Morrison thing. Very much so. That but be- but I think I think we're going to get more of this. Oh, though okay. i in his book mainly because like we see like covers of like grant of like hell jordan like fighting god mm-hmm. yep. <laughs> even though this series is meant to be a, a, a space cop procedural <laughs> it's like third third issue he's like fighting god did anyone because of course <laughs> did anyone believe morrison when he said that oh yeah it's a real down-to-earth see now I'm making him sound irish yeah it's a, it's a real down-to-earth space cop procedural you'll see <laughs> yeah, but in the third issue, he fights God. <laughs> I mean, come on! I'm the guy who made Animal Man talk to the writer, which was me. <laughs> That's the real thing. How long until Grant Morrison writes himself into this? Oh, it's coming. You see, that that would be a good time to actually have Kyle Rayner come back, and Kyle Rayner can be like, "Hey, can I draw a comic about these things that you're doing right now?" Because <laughs> it's all no. Awesome. He'll have he'll he'll have um. Superboy Prime again on his computer complaining about the comic. Ah, that's fine too. <laughs> I'm all right with that. I can live with that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else did we have this week, Matt? Uh, we had Justice League issue 11. Yes, part two of Drowned Earth. 
part three. I've corrected so many fucking people about this. <laughs> well, I mean, there's the prelude. They called it a prelude, which is technically part one. But on the book itself, it says part two. I'm calling it part three because that is what Scott Snyder calls it on his Twitter. Oh, that's right. On his little whiteboard. Yes. And that's what I'm going off of. And I'm calling it that. <laughs> I mean, hey, if Snyder says it, then it must be true. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, fun issue. I like we've kind of broken off into two teams now. You got Mira with Superman and Flash trying to find the resting place of Orion, while Wonder Woman and Aquaman try and find Poseidon. Superman with a badass eye patch that <laughs> Ted Cord made and is it, it like brings breathes in solar radiation. That's what that's what Scott Snyder said on Twitter. <laughs> it's a good look. I like that look. I like no yeah. cape Superman with an eye patch. Yeah. That's another thing. The boat that he and he and Flash had at the beginning of this issue was his cape, oh. which can inflate. <laughs> oh, again, going back to some Golden Age shit. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. I, I like, too, where it's like, but wait, weren't they touched by the water in the previous issue? Shouldn't that turn them into monsters? Yes, but thanks to Flash surrounding them by the Speed Force, uh, it slows down the transformation because that's also a power the Speed Force has. Yeah, so, like, Flash is, like, slowly becoming, like, a monster, and his, like, face is turning into, like, a weird puffy monster face. Mm, it's a nice touch. I like it. Yeah, and I, I like the, I like their little team of, like, Mera Flash and Superman just, like, go, like, tomb raiding. Yes, literally, they're Nathan Draking it. Yeah, they're fighting tombs out in the desert and everything, and fighting Black Manta and Droog. Yeah, Black Manta, who is so totally stoked to have the extinction tier and all of the powers of Aquaman now. Yeah, that was, that was a really cool thing. I, I like that they gave him all of the powers of Aquaman, and Aquaman now is basically just a guy. Yeah, just a guy. Doesn't stop him from, like, still fighting or anything. Still tries to <laughs> although, although that Poseidon, Poseidon spear to the chest probably did something. <laughs> to which, again, it's like, hey, Poseidon, why you gotta be such a dick? Although Poseidon kind of seemed to imply that whatever Cheetah did to him didn't quite kill him, kind of left him in a Schrodinger's cat place. Yeah, yeah. It just put him in the graveyard of the gods. Right, but might not have killed him all the way. But I, I, I see the Graveyard of the Gobs as more, not like a, like, afterlife sort of thing, but like a prison. Mm, that's Because the, the, um, the, 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 the ocean deities were there and they were able to come back. Right. So it's like, kind of like a prison, but like, one that, like, is just, like, like an afterlife prison. It's really weird. Right. That's, it's a very I Scott, love it. It's a very Scott it. Snyder idea. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's cool, lots of fun stuff happening. It's interesting, as I sit here and talk about the Black Manta thing, he has all the powers of Aquaman. That means he can breathe underwater, but he still chooses to wear his helmet. Well, I think, like, without the helmet, everyone will be like, who's this guy? Yeah, who's this the, black guy? Who the fuck is this guy? I'm Black Manta! Just put the helmet back on, fine. <laughs> put the big eyes back on. Yeah, or else we won't know who you are. Uh, another great thing about this uh, series, Batman is in it just enough yeah they're not like pushing him as like the like that that's what i thought i thought he was gonna oh he's gonna be the one to solve all the problems and like kind of like dark knight to metal and everything yeah. uh but yeah he's just he's still in his wheelchair that's another really cool thing i thought that was going to be one issue where he was in his wheelchair and then he'd be back you know fighting everyone but no he's still in his wheelchair i like that he's basically going to spend this whole event in a body cast i think that's cool <laughs> yeah him and his little buddy jaro who is just star yeah. but in a jar yeah his new robin his new robin <laughs> hey you want to be my new robin star oh sure 
<laughs> Imagine all the people we can punch. And the final realization that, hey, the only reason that the Legion of Doom threw in with these sea gods and everything is so they could invade the Legion uh, or the League Hall and steal the totality. That's what this has all been about. Yeah, yeah that, I, I love that. That's... That is such a Lex Luthor plan as well. Yeah. I'm just gonna I'm gonna let these these ocean gods from another world invade the earth so I can break into this one building one and building. steal something. It's the most highly elaborate smokescreen plot ever. <laughs> and I guess it makes sense too, because Lex Luthor's like, hey man, I got my base of operations, you know, my big skull head, it floats, and if I get the totality which I want, I can then defeat the sea gods and then retake Earth for myself, so it's fine. Yeah. And I can be the Earth hero, you know, everyone wants. I can I can be better than Superman now. <laughs> yeah, so I'm literally winning no matter what happens in this scenario. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, this, this story is pretty cool. I like it because they really are kind of setting it up as a swan song for both Aquaman and Mira, because once this is done, the Jurgens run is done, and Kelly Sue DeConnick will come on to assumedly reinvent the whole thing. Yeah, definitely. So it's a nice little goodbye piece for Aquaman and Mira. They get to be the coolest in an event. Yeah. And I like that. Uh, what else do you have, Matt? Uh, let's have a look. Oh, yeah. Well, well, I was talking about Donny Cates earlier. Let's talk about Death of Inhumans issue well, five. Let's, I feel you have much to say on the subject. Yeah, this this is such a disappointing anticlimactic ending to this uh, five-issue series. So, like, all through the series we've been building up about how, like, dangerous this this uh new being vox uh who's created by the kree is uh he's killing inhumans left right and center and like no dog. one is safe he killed the dog killed maximus he, last issue uh, he killed um crystal killing all triton all these inhumans but we find out like at the end of last issue and then straight away in this issue that he hasn't been killing them mm. he's been teleporting them away and turning them into voxes oh and like sort of rewriting them and making them the perfect Cree weapon. So they're the Vox um, popular hype. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Black Bolt, obviously, uh, he got his throat cut like issue two. Mm -hmm. So his voice is like fucked. And Karnak says he's got one good scream left in him ah. before his voice completely goes away. Like a good Western um, movie, you got one more shot in you. <laughs> yeah, so he and like his his family and beta ray bill all decide we're going to take the fight to the box and try and free who we can but we got to real we got to remember like we probably won't be able to free all of the inhumans so some will probably die uh so they attack them and black bolt kills literally everyone except for crystal and lockjaw mm. so he kills all of the inhumans triton flagman all of these uh because they're voxes with his one last big scream and then the book just ends. <laughs> really, that's it. Which means, so hey, Death of yeah. the Humans is not a real end. Go pick up yeah, something else it, later. They they're like, oh, we're reunited. Let's go home to Earth. <laughs> you know, and then they just teleport away, and that's it. That's the end. <laughs> Death of the Inhumans. We're putting them away. <laughs> Unless you really liked this story and it sold well, in which case, be sure to pick up the continued adventures of the Inhumans. Yeah, I don't know whether like like it was Donny getting cold feet like. Like oh, I don't want to kill them off, you know. I, these are characters people like. We could do so much with them. I'll just put them in a place where, or whether it was Marvel saying like, maybe don't kill them off. Maybe leave them just there in case something happens with the movies, or you know, the X Men don't turn out very well, or you know, we've got something in our back pocket. You know what I think it might be? I think it might be. Hey, 
you can't kill off the Inhumans. Dan Slott wants to work them back in to be the Fantastic Four's neighbor like they were in the old days. Or that, yeah. Or Donny Cates doesn't want to kill them off because he's like, hey, I'm going to be writing Guardians of the Galaxy soon. This would be a good story. Yeah, I, I think I, I suppose they probably might be in the Fantastic Four. I hope they are at least anyway. It would make sense. Um, yeah, and... Yeah, it was just like such a really like every issue before this was like so good because it's like anything could and would happen. You never knew what was going to happen. You know, people were dying left, right, and center. You know, Black Bolt just didn't give a fuck. He was killing everyone he saw. <laughs> um, and yeah, just this last issue was just like, eh, they didn't. No one died. No, no one. No one of note died. <laughs> that's a shame which is kind of that's kind of what extermination is turning into honestly too where it's like mm. did anyone important die no only if you think bloodstorm is important <laughs> yeah well scott died but he didn't though because he's going to be in the new books and well the, the, <laughs> maybe old scott because they keep promising that and everyone hated young scott anyway so yeah but how's old scott still alive if young scott dies <laughs> They got one more issue to explain that. And also, Uncanny <laughs> X-Men starts this week, too. I thought they'd at least wait for Extermination to be done to start Uncanny, but no, Uncanny starts this week. I I thought that was the whole thing. Like, this was going to lead into Uncanny. No, Extermination has one more issue. Oh, God damn it. Extermination damn has it. one more issue left. Although, Bress is <laughs> so, so it doesn't Uncanny. fucking care. <laughs> or, or, again, it'll just be like, hey, everyone, adult Scott comes walking in. Hi, everyone. It somehow <laughs> well again it's like the extermination is the swan song for the young x-men they're not going to factor into uncanny so that's why yeah i guess so i guess so i guess we'll find out also uncanny it's it's not like a regular series i forgot uncanny is part one of a 10 part weekly series that's going to happen mm. that will then launch the new x-men book yeah they're doing the no surrender thing to it which if it's yeah. good as no surrender that'll be good hopefully it is and then we got No Way Home, which is the sequel to No Surrender. Yeah, that that looks really good. We should get Jim Hercules. Zub. Hercules. <laughs> fucking Hercules. We should get Jim Zub on the show at some point. I think if I asked him, he would do this show and come talk to us. Probably would, yeah. I know he often quotes us on his blog website when he collects, like, reviews for his books every week. Nice. <laughs> and we are, we are often on, and I'm like, oh, that makes me feel nice. Now put me on the cover of a book. <laughs> yeah, but I want to be in the slip cover. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like seriously, like if I talk to him off, off, off mic, that's what I would tell him. Hey, what, 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 what do I got to do to get in that? Do you okay that, or does Marvel? Okay? <laughs> who, who do I got to talk to? I would really like that's one for the bucket list to have one of my dumb videos be put on the slip covers. <laughs> and Joel of Cape Joel says this thing rocked my balls. <laughs> does that mean he liked it or didn't like it? no he he, mean, he means he likes that's like two thumbs up on the cape jewel channel you rocked my balls <laughs> all of his reviews are like that you rocked my balls that was stanktacular <laughs> stanktacular it's it's, it's, a, it's a whole new reviews oh man no one really does that anywhere but i should i oh, god if i could do my whole career over again i would make fun of uh, stupid review things because again you know what does what does four stars to 40 percent to two thumbs up mean i should have just created stupid 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 like review scores at the end of every one <laughs> i give it two dad asses out of 10 is that good or bad <laughs> you decide <laughs> but yeah uh friggin what are we talking about oh death of inhumans yeah, <laughs> yeah, we we went way off topic. <laughs> so, so, 
sorry it didn't live up to everything you wanted it to, Matt. I know you were really into that. Yeah, and I, no other Inhuman book has been announced, so it's going to happen with them. Like I said, I'm sure they'll get reabsorbed into Fantastic Four, or Kate's will keep writing about them in Guardians. Yeah. And uh, speaking of events that are getting a little disappointing, again, they still have one more issue and one more tie-in to save it, but uh, Infinity Wars... Yeah, I, I can't. I like this issue, but I can see like I can see why people are like saying, "Okay, come on, wrap it up." Here's the thing: I like it. It looks good. It's not doing anything to offend my sensibilities, but I have no fucking clue what's actually happening anymore. And I haven't <laughs> for a few issues now. I don't even know who the main character is anymore because it's like you thought it was going to be the Guardians, then they all went away, but Gamora. Then you thought, oh, the Infinity Watch are going to be the main characters. No, they all got killed and warped. Oh, well, Loki's the main character. No, Loki was a secret bad guy all along. Was he, though? He took the stone so he could go meet the Celestials, which again made me wonder, is this before or after Jason Aaron's Avengers? Well, see, the thing is, he he took the stones to meet the Celestials to ask them why they're fucking over his history that's not really an evil thing like like he he like he like played the teams and everything to get the stones but like he's not using them to like i've got to rewrite the history so everyone turns into loki or something or and i mean by that standard too gamora was ultimately not evil she only wanted her soul back and was pissed off that her friends wouldn't help and then her whole time was like yeah i hurt them but it's okay i'll have the stones i can put it all back oh no i can't put it all back i i uh, halved everything i warped them okay well i'll just go to the god garden and i'll find the secrets of the universe and then i'll put it all back why can't i put it back together yeah she was panicking a little bit (laughs) yeah where again it's like well if there's no real hero of this story and the villain is only trying to fix the mistake that they made that are they really a villain so again with no real hero and no real villain what's at stake at this story anymore (laughs) yeah it's kind of really weird and again like i feel like all of this was meant to be in the guardians book oh almost certainly 100 percent, it was and all this warp stuff what that was a marvel editorial thing where it's like yeah we want to launch a new line so much to the point there's a very clumsy piece of dialogue in here <laughs> where they go, from adam warlock <laughs> yeah where they go but wait if you save the world that means we all get unmade right and all the warps go away no 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 no, no. we can save you inside the soul gem in a little bubble so if any of you are profitable or enough uh, we can spin off into a whole series people can still read about you <laughs> Yeah, these guys will spin off if you pick up the (laughs) tie-ins. Exactly. We can't tell you yet, but depending on how profitable (laughs) any of these tie-ins are. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I do do see what people are seeing where it's like, where is this going? What's what's the end game? Yeah. And they're like, really, what is the end game? I I really don't know anymore. Uh, I I mean, like, a guardian will die, they keep saying, in the next little uh, special one-shot they're doing. Yeah, but... Like who it is, who like which guardian? Because like we we've seen covers where like they are they're all there. Are they go, are they getting like really like nitpicky about it? It's like oh, it's a guardian from one of the old teams. Ah, Vance Astro comes back. And <laughs> yeah, somebody who's somebody who's in like yeah, just like a piece. Like hey guys, I heard the Infinity Stones were in jeopardy. Oh no, just like it's blasted by like the Soul Eater or something. <laughs> you killed Vance, you bastard. <laughs> That'd be all right. You're right. It could be a fake out. Because, again, too, it's like, if this is supposed to just be the finale of Duggan's uh, Guardians run, then, again, I think we're far off base from that now. It's also like, oh, we got to bring back Adam Warlock. Well, you did. Well, we got to stop the Infinity Apocalypse. Uh, Okay. 
you haven't mentioned the Infinity Apocalypse <laughs> since like the first prelude almost a year ago now. Yeah, is is this the Infinity Apocalypse? <laughs> you need to make these things clear, guys. All, all I will say though is like, okay, so you've written so many new rules for the Infinity Stones too, where it's like, okay, they work as a circuit, but they work better if you already have the corresponding power to begin with. So like, Hulk is really good at space because you know he's already like a master of like pushing his body to that stuff. Yeah, yeah, I, I did like that. I actually really like that how they were giving the stones to each. So like, okay, or Kang get Kang's like a time traveler and like reality bender, so he gets the reality stone. And Emma Frost gets the power stone because she can turn into diamonds and she, it'll it'll re, yeah it'll reinforce her abilities and everything. Kamala gets the mind stone because she has the youthful uh, creativity and incorruptible soul. Yeah, all this really cool stuff. Yeah. But again, too, it's like... But then, but then it's, like, never really dealt with it either. It's, like, just a quick fight, and then... Yeah. Also, also you guys all cr defeated Requiem pretty easily. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and she still had, like, all the stones or something, and then they shoved her into the her own soul stone. Mm-hmm. And there's also just too many copies of the stones now where it's like, no, no, they had the stones from inside the soul stone because you see when Gamora half the universe, she also made backup copies of everyone, including her young self, which had stones from that universe. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's what, what, what confused a lot of people. They're like, wait, how do they have the stones? But Gamora has all of the stones. And, and didn't you tell us the stones don't different stones don't work in different universes? Is yeah, that a new thing you put in here to stop stones from crossing. Yeah, and like how are the how do they know that those stones were from this universe when they could have been from another one? Because as we've seen, the stones can cross realities and universes, which is why Philavel and Moondragon are there because their stones are in this universe and vice versa. And they're the cool <laughs> Jesus Christ. And they're the cool punk rock versions of Moon Dragon and Phi Lavelle because they need to be on the super stacked Donny Cates Guardians team. Yeah, but that's the thing. They're like, they're, they're, they're on that super stacked team. But throughout this whole series, they've been jobbers. Yep, they have jobbed out. In <laughs> they just keep getting their ship pushed in every fight they get into. Yep, by different versions of Requiem. And that's a, are they going to answer that mystery too where they're like, oh yeah, different universes all have different Requiems. It wasn't always Gamora. Yeah, that that was this universe where where Gamora was kind of a good guy, but Requiem was an actual being. Yeah. Like, gonna, no, we're not going to deal with that. There's a lot you're going to have to answer in that final issue. This, this feels like this feels like these were meant to be the tie-ins, but then they came. But then like, uh, Duggan had like the idea of the warped characters, and they're like, no, scrap all this shit. Do the warped characters as tie-ins, <laughs> even though warped, their books warped. don't actually tie into anything. No, no, you absolutely don't have to read them. And in fact, the warps are barely in this story too. They're like, okay, have the warps fight Devondra while the rest of the characters go to the real story. <laughs> yeah, do do the actual like legwork. <laughs> they, they were literally given busy work. <laughs> uh, I have one more book to talk about, one more new one, and then we can. Be yeah, done. I've got I've got one more as well. Oh, wonderful! Uh, I read the Immortal Hulk. Yeah, how was that? How has that series been? I kind of fell off of it. Oh, it's wonderful. It's creepy, and it's fresh, and it's interesting. Uh, in the last issue, the Avengers uh, brought in the Hulk. They were going to bring him in the new oh, team. Oh, cool. And he kicked all of their asses. 
as it should be. <laughs> it was. It was a brutal beatdown. He beat them like they owed the him money. The only reason they were able to stop him is because uh, Tony Stark was like, alright, so I got this new laser beam I've been working on. This new space laser. I can use it, but we'll literally glass this whole area and all these people will lose their homes. Are, are we okay with that? Are we okay with that, everybody? <laughs> Good, yes, okay. <laughs> and they do it and they all feel really bad. Like, oh my god, you know, we saved the day, but we killed a friend and they're like eh, no we just killed the hulk for now he'll be back though because he's always back and he's gonna be pissed when he's back yeah you can't stop the hulk <laughs> no so they, they they ship him off to the government which of course ends up being a black site run by general ross who's using his new political muscle from the captain america book to fuck with banner's life oh that's cool yeah Oh, although his big thing is like, nah, I see Ross is smart now because he's working for the government. He knows he can't pester the Hulk, so he has to pay people to pester the Hulk for him. I, 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 I am kind of uh, confused about that because isn't in like the Captain America book like Ross kind of like evil? Like he's behind? Like so no mention of that in this? Uh, he is evil or he is working for them, but again, Ross is clearly meant to be a stand-in for the Trump administration. So, yeah, he's uh, okay. evil, but he's evil out in the open and no one cares. Oh, okay. So it's one of those Because that's like a big thing in the in, in the uh, in the, the Captain America book. Like, he's evil and it's like, mm -hmm. like oh, it's kind of a shock. Yeah. Hey, hey Ross, didn't you, uh, did you kidnap, uh, what is it, uh, Agent Carter? And did you, are you working with an evil Russian cabal and a bunch of supervillains who are given pardons after Secret Empire? Yep. I mean, no. I mean, fake news. I mean, go fuck yourself, America. <laughs> I can yell America louder than you, Steve. <laughs> Damn it, he's got me there. <laughs> How can you beat a man who yells America that loud? No one can. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, they take the Hulk out, and literally this whole issue is him getting experimented on and getting, like, vivisected and decapitated by all these scientists. Jesus. <laughs> oh, it's really fucking dark. It's straight it's straight up body horror this issue. It's straight up body horror and the doctor's like, "Oh, I can't I can't figure it out like this friggin' like uh reanimator dude. How how can the Hulk come back from all these grievous injuries? It's not like Deadpool, it's not like Wolverine. We've had so many advances in healing factors. It's not a healing factor. It's like he can literally control his body parts independent even when they're cut off from him." <laughs> Oh, that's pretty cool. It's Frankenstein's monster. It's literally friggin' Frankenstein's monster. Uh, what I liked about this issue, too, is Ewing actually walks back a lot of kind of villainous behavior from Captain Marvel. Because she's the one Avenger who feels bad about what happened. Yeah. Because basically Ross used his political connections to pressure Alpha Flight, saying, Hey, either bring in the Hulk or Sasquatch, your team member of Alpha Flight, I'll say all of these killings were his fault. <laughs> Which, in fairness, he only killed a couple people, and then the Hulk devoured yeah. him. And Carol's like, well, fuck, Ross, you've really, you've really backed me into a corner here. You're essentially making me choose one friend's life over another. And she's not having any of that. So she's like, okay, I'm going to out you in the media. I'm going to WikiLeaks you, basically, what you've been doing with your black site money. But, ooh, ooh, but I can't be seen doing it, though, because that would mean Alpha Flight would openly be declaring war on the American government. So I need to be stealthy about this, and I need to distance myself from it. So that journalist who's been following the Hulk around and the now depowered Sasquatch, she puts them together to form a new team called, get this, Gamma Flight. 
<laughs> that's pretty cool it's pretty cute and their whole thing is like look you got to track the hulk down you got to make sure bruce banner's okay you got to make sure no one is uh, hurting them and also you got to make sure none of this gets back to me <laughs> oh that that's so critical I, I i do find it funny though that like how long ago was civil war two not that long like ago. three three years ago not maybe even <laughs> yeah i like that they're still still trying to re- like backtrack like carol's uh characterization in that like still like even like one some of the most recent avengers books and everything and yeah uh, god bendis did a number on her derailed her so hard and it's like some writers try to get her back on but actually end up doing worse yeah yeah (laughs) but i i appreciate ewing being like look you know she knows she did wrong she's trying to do better I like the Captain Marvel character and she will continue to be a supporting character in this Hulk book. And uh, yeah, eventually Banner escapes and he does so in a super creepy way because all of his body parts literally break out of all the glass jars and start killing people before reforming. Uh, oh, Mitchell being the guy who gets killed by his dick, the Hulk dick. Oh, oh it's big and green. Well, they cut his heart in half and his heart is huge so you can only imagine how big his Hulk <laughs> dick must be. It just strangles people. And... Imagine being the poor science schlub whose job it is like, okay, you know, here, here is friggin' Hulk's urethra. Figure out what gives it its amazing power. <laughs> yeah. I didn't... I, how can we use... How can we weaponize this? That's literally what they do. They have every part of Hulk's body and they're trying to figure out how to weaponize every part so you know one dumb bastard had the hulk dick how do we win yeah, the, 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 the intern <laughs> give it to jimmy the intern i don't wanna <laughs> well you gotta son no no you know what it is it's it's it, it's not even just the intern it's like unpaid internship like work for hire like you only get experience and you gotta like get someone to sign your hour sheet at the end of it <laughs> he's the one working with the hulk phallus <laughs> Uh, but yes, uh, Immortal Hulk is super cool and creepy and weird and fun, and it's just really good. I, I hope, unlike all the other Al Ewing books, I hope this one gets to continue and doesn't get cancelled. Yeah, uh, that's cool. I know a lot of people really like it. I, I kind of, uh, kind of upset that I dropped off of it. It's only because I had so much going on. Oh, absolutely. It, it's so different. It's unlike anything Marvel is putting out right now. It's really unlike any comic that's being put out right now. It is a monster horror story starring the Hulk. That, that's what that's what a Hulk book should be. And it's what he is. It's what he started is really all Ewing did was take him back to his most original iteration. Yeah, what if, what if he was fucking Frankenstein? What if he was Jekyll and Hyde? Yeah. And the fact that uh, Hulk is scary and unpredictable and sometimes he's the villain like yeah. in that story when he beat the shit out of the Avengers. Yeah, yeah. That's he, cool. He gave them fair warning. He's like, guys, don't do this. Every time you do this, it ends bad for you. <laughs> Was it current Avengers team? So yes, like She-Hulk and everything? Oh man, he took them apart, did he? Oh, you should check out even just that issue, because that issue was stunning. He punches Thor so hard, he gives him a concussion. And Thor's like, I'm a god. <laughs> Jesus I didn't... Christ. Thor's like, I'm a god. I didn't think I could get a concussion. <laughs> Jesus. And then he hits Black Panther so hard in his suit that's supposed to absorb energy, he overloads the suit, and Black Panther's like, that shouldn't be possible. That's scientifically impossible. This is like the second week in a row the Avengers got their shit pushed in. Then last week they get their shit pushed in by Sentry. Yes. Yeah, oh, God. Oh, yeah, they're just losing all over the damn place. <laughs> the best part is, is that when he does fight uh, She-Hulk, 
he's kind of like, because Hulk is smart now and an asshole. And he's like, oh, mm-hmm. look at you, Jen. You used to be so high and mighty and so proud because you got to keep your intelligence. And look at you. Now you're a snarling beast. We're not so different, you and I. <laughs> oh, that's great. He's like, the only difference is, is, you know, I protect Banner from all the horrible things in the world, but I'm sure Jen Walters is going to feel this. <laughs> Oh, I love Dickbag Hulk. Oh, he's just the he's basically Grey Hulk. He's basically Ultimate Hulk. <laughs> he is he is a monster and he just takes them all apart and it's it's super fun. Ah, uh, that's cool. It's funny and then like Captain America tries to step in and be the adult in the room. He's like, "Guys, guys, seriously, can we can we stop this for a second? You know, this is just <laughs> ooh, this is just like, you know, why do we always do this?" And then Hulk really like cuts the balls off him where it's like, "Ooh, Steve, thanks for joining. Is that really you though or are you the Hydra guy wearing Steve's face? I can never keep it <laughs> Oh, jeez, low low blow, low blow there, Hulk. <laughs> low blow on everyone to which Steve's like, "Motherfucker, let's do this." <laughs> and then he gets beaten up too. It's an excellent issue. That's Immortal Hulk number 7. If you check out nothing else from the series, check out that issue cuz it's badass. Uh uh that's cool (laughs) now you had one last book too you were saying i did i had spider issue three yes it's funny you've been keeping up with this one and i haven't been yeah it's been really good even the tie-ins have been really good um like last week we just had two tie-ins the vault of spider ones was really cool because it's just basically edge of spider geddon but within this event and it's just like short stories of different like spider-men in it out in the universe which was really cool but yeah this issue uh saw the uh the team sort of like go after the inheritors so we got doc ock's team uh who's back in his superior spider-man costume um he's assembled like a team that of that are like i guess kind of like the harder edge spider-man uh the edgier spider-man um uh and his plan is to just basically attack the inheritors and kill them all um solid plan so the plans so yeah but uh miles wants to do wants to figure out how to stop them without resorting to violence and trying to kill them like maybe lock off their world or something or stop them from cloning uh which they're doing now thanks to uh ben riley's cloning vats oh, which they've yeah. st- stolen the technology for at new U. um so ben riley joins uh otto's team because he's like fuck these guys they mm. stole all my property yeah that's <laughs> um but what's really cool is they 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 sort of pit like otto and miles against each other and they do it they would a really good play on like the whole uh great responsibility with great power comes great responsibility whereas like miles wants the responsibility like take responsibility for all of this whereas otto just wants to use his power to kill and all that great play on that and also they're getting around the whole peter parker thing really well because peter's not involved in this event no yeah that's that shocked me to figure that out uh once someone told me that which hey good for miles miles doesn't have an ongoing series he should be yeah. the lead in something yeah but like um well he is involved he's in like he's in the spectacular spider-man fight in Morland and everything but like they've referenced that here's like guy like because everyone's like we need the 616 peter parker he's like really good at all this sort of stuff yeah we need him we need him and mars like guys he's off fighting more and buying us time so we can defeat the inheritors you know basically saying he's not involved in this he's so we can all you know get our own sort of spotlight i i like them actually uh what is it deconstructing and also kind of rebuking the whole 616 spider-man is the chosen one god child because (laughs) in all these big spider-man events 
that kind of was the problem in the takeaway where it's like, well, you're, yeah. you're, you're kind of defeating the whole, oh, he's an everyman type thing by saying, no, 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 he's the best Spider-Man in the entire <laughs> multiverse. Yeah, yeah, they, they kind of ditched that uh, from good. this. And um, yeah, so everyone kind of gets like their time to shine. We get some pretty cool Spider-Man in this story. We get like the the Japanese one that has the big mm. mech. He got a really cool story in the um, in the Vault of Spiders. It was all black and white and made out like a manga and everything. Uh, it was really cool. He he He's apparently the most powerfulest of the Spider-Men because really? of his... Yeah, because I think he... <laughs> It's not really explained, but my uh, reading of it is he plays by, like, manga and, like, sentai ah. rules. So, like, because he's a hero, he always wins. <laughs> exactly. I am powered by great justice. Yeah, and, like, his, his mech can just destroy everything. But obviously that's proven wrong here as the inheritors pick him apart. Um, uh, we get a spider called, Spider-Man called Spiders Man, who's a, a million different spiders who think they are Peter Parker and are formed like a Spider-Man. <laughs> this was all over Twitter. People loved this guy, and I'm like, that's a sweet idea. You know what it basically is? It's Garth Ennis's The 1000, only a heroic yeah. version of him. Yeah, yeah. When's, when's the Spiders Man spinoff? Just a bunch of spiders trying to live in New York and be a hero. <laughs> oh. Well, apparently he's getting a story in one of the Vault of Spiders issues, apparently. I actually kind of want to read Spiders, man. <laughs> it's it's really cool. But um, no, this issue ends with, I think, something everyone saw coming, which was in Edge of Spider-Verse, the final issue, we got like a Spider-Man who was Norman Osborn. Yeah. Um, and he was doing like fuckery with the Cosmic Cube and all that sort of stuff. He's involved in this and he's on Otto's team and he like pulls Spider-Man aside and is like, hey, look, we follow Otto. He's going to, you know, get us all killed and everything. What if we like uses use a cosmic cube or the cosmic cube from my earth to like wall off the 616 universe while the inheritors are here and like trap them so they kill everyone on this earth but they can't leave saving the rest of the universe it's like let's do that let's kill all these people and just like go, go separate ways friggin auto or friggin uh, norman <laughs> even when he's a hero he's a dick bag <laughs> or even even then like he wasn't a hero in that edge of spider verse as a spider getting story like no, he was a, he was very clearly a villain <laughs> But they, but they still went for him. They still like, like Spider Punk got him, and I'm like he's a villain. He's a, he's an Osborn first up. Yeah. Why would you trust him? First and foremost, <laughs> I would also be like, hey, hey, Norman, don't you remember that trapping these guys is what failed the first time? That's how literally the first <laughs> Spider event and Spider Verse ended with, oh, we'll just drop them on this nuclear world with just enough food to survive. Yeah, and that's where they've all come from, and that's where. Uh, uh kane's team is at the moment trying to find out what they're doing on that earth i was gonna say did they explain yet how they ever got out of the planet they were never supposed to be able to escape um they they kind of glossed over it a little bit um but it basically boils down to like them recloning themselves which was the reason um, why they were unkillable yeah they reclone themselves thanks to otto's otto used the otto used stole their technology from the first ed uh edge of spider-verse uh story and that's how he was allowed to survive and how he's got like a new body right he was he was like cloning himself and creating new superior spider-man bodies and everything uh and they like had like a backdoor system in that that made versions of the inheritors that smashed out of the and like yeah it, it very kind of com convoluted, but like when it's read on paper in one long thing, you're like, oh, I get that. And also trying to draw comparisons of like, yeah, hey, why did 
why did uh, Otto get so obsessed with cloning after clone conspiracy and everything else? Oh, this was why. Yeah. I That's fine. I'll buy that. That's fine. Yeah, but I, I really don't know where this event's going, really. Like, because now, now we have a Norman Osborn who's willing to, like, um, wall off a whole entire universe. <laughs> and ruin everything for everybody. <laughs> yeah, ruin everyone's plans. What a jerk. So, yeah. Yes. Is, is that it then, Matt? Is that everything we did this week? That's it. All right, then. So, uh, yeah, thank you so much for listening, everyone. We hope you enjoyed it. It was nice to actually talk about the comics we've read. It feels like it's been forever since we've done that. It has been. And, geez, this is almost a two-hour episode as I look at the clock right now. Ooh, people are going to like that. Oh, they're going to like that. Hopefully the audio doesn't randomly cut off at the end. I know that happens <laughs> sometimes with OBS. I have no idea why it does it. Sometimes it just fucking randomly does it. Yeah, yet it doesn't do it to me. Yet it does not do it to Matt. I don't know if it's something with my settings. I, I, I don't know. I just don't know, Barry Gibb. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, thank you, everyone, for watching and listening. We really appreciate it. As always, if you're a patron, you'll get to listen to this first before anyone else over on the Patreon page. You can do that for as little as a dollar a month. I handle the audio version. Matt does a video version every week. Yep. Uh, again, if you want to support the show, again, I mentioned earlier, uh, we have book depository links down in the description. Uh, you get great deals on comic book trades, and anything you buy there goes to support me and Matt in the show, and that's uh, very much appreciated. Uh, if you want to listen to the audio version of this, carry it around with you. Uh, the Comic Multiverse is on iTunes, and it's on SoundCloud. Uh, you can find them over there, carry them around with you. I usually try and put that up Thursday after the video version, which is up Wednesday at 8 always. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that'll pretty much do it for us, huh? Yeah. Good show. Yeah, I thought that was a good 